Hello, everyone, and welcome to Out the Airlock. It's just Steve and I today, and we're going to talk about a movie that came out almost 20 years ago this year. Uh, it'll be in August 20th of 1993, so just about seven plus months away, and it will be 20 years that Surf Ninjas grace you mean the 30 streets. years? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Did I say 20? Yeah, 30. We're old. Oh, my man. God. We're old. <laughs> 30 years. Damn. Yeah, you're right. 30 years. We're not taking that out. We're going to leave it in. I can't do math. Because I just, I, you know that memes that have been going around where like what you think sci-fi 20 years ago or 30 years ago was and it shows Battlestar Galactica and they go, yeah. what really was? And it shows Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yeah. <laughs> That's the moment I just had. It's like, uh, where does the time go? But yeah, 30 years, um, August 20th, 1993, Surf Ninjas, produced by Noonline Cinema, written by Dan Gordon, and directed by Neil Israel. Um, Neil Israel wrote a few things uh, before Surf Ninjas. Steven, I don't know if you looked into this before we got started, but I'm just going to let you know that he, he, he or I'm sorry, he directed, sorry, not wrote, directed the movie Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks from the 80s. I'm sure you've seen that. I know I watched it as a kid. <laughs> Even we know. Uh, Moving Violations that starred Bill Murray's younger brother uh, about a bunch of guys who go to traffic school. And Dan Gordon was known for being a writer on the movie Murder in the First, Wyatt Earp, the screenplay for The Hurricane, and he developed the story for Rambo Last Blood. So it's like this mismatch of like writers <laughs> and directors. All over the place. <laughs> over the place. Um, so this movie stars Ernie Ray Sr. and Ernie Range Jr. Uh, Nicholas Adam, Tone Luke, and uh, Kelly Hu. Also, Rob Schneider, who's 30 years old. 30-year-old Rav Schneider stars in a movie where he plays a teenager. Um, actually, which is funny because Ernie Reyes and his father-son, however you want to put that combo together, because they have the same name. Uh, Rob Schneider, they're both Filipino actors and martial artists. And um, I didn't know if you knew this, Stephen. I didn't know this. But Rob Schneider is actually part Filipino. No, I had no idea. No idea. Um, so Sega financed part of this movie, which is why one of the reasons why it's a game gear that's used in the movie for him to see the future. And the game that is supposed to be replaced is Shinobi. However, watching the movie, I was looking to see what game was actually in the console the whole time. Uh, columns was in there at one point, a blank cartridge was in there at one point, And I think I saw Madden in there at one point could be mistaken on the Madden, but I definitely know I saw columns and, uh, not, not, um, not Shinobi, not Shinobi. Uh, there is a real game gear game for surf ninjas. And, but it looks nothing like the, what we saw in the movie. Uh, the, the, however, the, the, Footage for the Game Gear was actually shot live, so they're actually they're actually using a Game Gear 
and displaying it on the actual screen. Nice. I don't know if you knew yeah. that. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. I heard a little, I read a little bit of trivia about it, and it was like the first uh, film tie-in video game to come out before the the actual movie. <laughs> I was like, huh. Sorry about that. Oh, it happens, dude. For a second, I was I almost sent you a text message that said, Are we just destined not to do this podcast tonight? Apparently not. <laughs> I told her I'm gonna do my podcast, and then she keeps blowing up my phone, Who which is? for some Judy. Um, and then and then for some reason, when you it she's trying to call me, so it throws the Bluetooth off from the anchor app. And since Apple does <coughs> decided to get rid of you know, headphone jack. So Samsung had to follow suit. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it for a minute. And I'm trying to remember where we were when we got distracted. We were talking about uh, the Game Gear. Yeah, we were talking about the Game Gear. And I talked about how the the uh the video game was the first video game that was a film tie-in that came out before the movie it was based on okay i didn't hear that so um i'll get you to i'm gonna start it here at 120 Mm -hmm. and then um if you want to repeat that all right so we're back had a little technical difficulty but steven you were saying about the surf ninjas game oh yeah uh i found out a bit of trivia that that was uh basically it was the uh, the game gear game was the first film tie-in video game to come out before the movie it was based on i thought that was pretty cool that is actually really interesting because i did not know that i didn't even know there was a video game based on this until reading the trivia for the podcast and um i actually i will let you know i do have a game gear it's in my hand currently i have to recap the motherboard but one of the games i do have to play on it is surf ninjas so we're gonna see if it's a lot of any fun (laughs) so i can't wait to try that out um so (laughs) um this was supposed to be a straight action adventure like indiana jones and the goonies however rob Reb Schneider, I got to say it like the trailers from uh, South Park. Reb Schneider, along with uh, Neil Israel and some other people, did a rewrite and turned it into the Schlockly Schlock Fest that we got. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But did you know that the military uniforms that Colonel Chi uses are also the same uniforms that were later featured in Street Fighter? 1994 with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I thought they looked familiar. <laughs> um, Deborah Kramer, who was the costume designer, worked on both films. Um, apparently, apparently, they only got one take to do fight choreography because Neil Israel was more into filming the comedy scenes, so they would just rush the fight scenes. That explains a lot. Yeah, I mean, the fight scenes aren't terrible, but it it definitely looks like there wasn't as much time put into them as the rest of the movie. So, yeah, there wasn't. Uh, This was supposed to be a vehicle for uh, Ernie Ray's Jr. because 
you know, he was he was actually Kino in Turtles 2, Secret of the Use. And so they, they thought saw potential in him. So they signed him to a three-picture deal, You know, this one being the first. You know what's funny about that? You know what the first movie I saw him in was? What's that? The Last Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's in The Last Dragon. He's a little boy in The Last... He's a little Asian kid in The Last Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, I forgot about that. <laughs> and then after all this, what I saw him in uh, the rundown, I think is the name of it. Yeah, yeah, he, with the Rock, with the Rock, and I think he was also with Indiana Jones Four. He played the 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 native that was attacking Indy. Yeah, I think that was Ernie Reyes Jr. Yeah, too. Yeah, he's, he's in a lot of stuff. He's been a stunt coordinator for a lot of stuff, just like his dad was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this was his only film with New Line after that because this bo- this movie bombed, obviously, so they canceled his uh, con- his three-picture deal. Dude, but- that's, like, that's like in wrestling when you're like... You're, you're about to get your big push and then it falls flat and then it's like, well, we don't know who oh. that guy is. <laughs> Oh, let's just not mention him on TV anymore. Um, so just some interesting facts about the three of the actors in this movie. Three of them are martial artists in real life, or at least hold a, a belt in martial arts. So as we know, Ernie Ray Sr. and Jr. are both martial artists. It's He, he was a little Asian kid in Last Dragon kicking ass. Um, so he's, a, he's actually a sixth-degree black belt in Taekwondo. His under his father his father ernie ray senior is a seventh degree black belt in taekwondo and kelly who is a black belt in karate whether or not she got this before surf ninjas or after don't know but hey you know at least they had some cred for like the fighting um say what you want about the movie uh one more interesting fact and we can talk about some of the things we liked about the movie and some of the things we didn't did you know Kelly Who is only two years older than Tone Loke? Um, he was born in 60, or two years um, younger. Sorry, younger. I, I don't know why I wrote that as older. Uh, Tone Loke is actually two years older. She's two years younger. So, six. she was born in 1968. She's playing like a 16, 17-year-old girl, and he's playing a police lieutenant. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. You yeah. want you want to know something very funny that is my head canon about this movie? What's that? Uh basically in this movie, uh Tone Loke's character is uh Lieutenant Spence. Yes. And his character in Ace Ventura Pet Detective is called Emilio. So my head canon is that both characters are the same person and his full name is Lieutenant Emilio Spence. <laughs> he transferred to uh, to Miami after the events of Surf Ninjas. Because that, yes. that why not? Because he missed the tropical climate of Patusan, so he went to Miami. He went to Miami. <laughs> oh, that was like, because Surf Ninjas mm. takes place before Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to look that up. <laughs> That's why it's my head, kid. Uh, yeah. 
He's, uh, <laughs> I like that headcanon. <laughs> um, actually, one last thing. So, Kwan Su, Steven, Kwan Su. Kwan Su, dudes. <laughs> uh, that was actually come, came up with by Rob Schneider, um, of all people. Well, Kwan- I mean, it works. <laughs> it works. It's like the most, one of the most quotable things in the entire movie. So, I'm going to probably say something here really unpopular. Rob Schneider was really the worst fucking part of this movie. Uh, yeah. He, he was just kind of there. Like, yeah. it was just like with uh, Judge Dredd when he was in that. He was just kind of that annoying guy in the background. And, and it's like, okay, dude, we get it. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, it's like, I, I don't hate Rob Schneider. I just, some of the stuff here was just unbelievable as far as like, and I know you have to suspend a lot with these kind of movies because at the end of the day, this is a kid's movie. This movie isn't for 43-year-olds, which is what Steven and I are. Like, this isn't for us. I mean, even when we were, this movie came out, we were a little, a little too old for this, this type of movie by like at least a couple of years. Um, 93, I think I was going on 14 years old. Yeah, I was 13. You know, yeah. Even then, we're, we were kind of aged out of this. Um, but still, the whole point is like, but when you look at it, the part of the movie that doesn't work for me is really Rob Schneider. Like, there's really no point for him to be there af- like at all, except, you know, I, I wouldn't even want to, except to be annoying. Like, that's your, your job. You're the annoying friend. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's one of those things he was, he seemed like he was supposed to be like the plucky sidekick character, but it just kind of fell flat. Like, it doesn't take away from the movie as a whole, but it's definitely like, really? Like, yeah. that, that's, that's the best you could come up with for that? It's because, uh. like, when he was like going on and on and on about the knives, I know he, like having his character just like rant and rant about the knives. I was like, brah, this is getting a little, a little old. Mm-hmm. But, and then how they kept having him believe that he was really the, the King future yeah. King. Yeah. It's like, I was like, uh, I mean, I get him being the plucky side, uh, public pu- plucky sidekick and comic relief. I mean, that's, that's what his whole role was. But at, at the end of the at part of it, though, you just got to like, I think he should have been toned down. Yeah. But toned I mean, down. How are you going to tone down Rob Schneider? Like, it's true. His whole thing is just being a little bit overboard. He's, he's like, Kwan Su, making copies. <laughs> Dork. <laughs> yeah, I get it. We're old, Joe. You don't have to date us that much. Making copies. But um, other than that, I actually kind of like the rest of the movie. Um, I really don't. I mean, this is what kind of bothers me about film critics. And I don't know if I've mentioned this on either this podcast or any other podcast I've been a part of in the past. Like the thing that gets me about film critics in general is someone like our age would have watched this movie in 1993 and just took a massive shit on it. Like they just would have dumped on it so hard, but mm-hmm. you, and but you you can't look at it 
through the eyes of of a 43-year-old. When I'm watching this, I have to watch this and look at it like I'm a 10-year-old. Because let's face it, this movie is for like 8 to 10-year-olds, maybe 8 to 11. Yeah. Um, maybe even a little younger. But this is what, because it's, it's, it's got like, you know, that it's got like some violence, people die in it. So like, you know, you don't want like a four or five year old really watching it. I mean, yeah, it's kind of mild in comparison to like, you know, something a little hardcore, like Die Hard or something that's for, you know, for adults. That's definitely for adults. Yeah. So this is kind of like that transitional movie where like, like I'm not opposed to like, you know, I, I don't know how y'all were growing up, but my mom didn't censor anything that we watched. I grew Dude. up watching I watched Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street when I was like eight, nine. Yeah. yeah like, even if they did try to censor us, we found ways of of seeing yeah. the stuff they didn't want us to see. Like, it was inevitable. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, they left the house at some point. And if they have the things that we're not supposed to watch in the house, we're going to watch them while they're gone. Like, it's not exactly. hard. The the main exactly. thing that I think about critics is this. If it it needs to be a genre by genre thing. If you're looking at an action comedy, was the action good? Did the comedy fall flat? Those things are what you should be judging it on. You shouldn't go, oh, I'm gonna watch this comedy and judge it as if it was a four-hour-long dramatic epic story, and then because it wasn't that, I'm gonna shit on it all day. No, if it's a popcorn flick, was it good at being a popcorn flick? If it's a comedy, was it funny? If it's if it's a scary movie, did it was it all jump scares or did it have some thriller elements? Was it actually scary? Did it creep you out a little bit? that kind of stuff it should be what was it successful in the genre that it's in and if it crosses genres was that cross genre stuff successful that's it and then it's like if you like certain movies you're gonna like this one that's why i do when i critique stuff i'm like this it, even if it wasn't for me, if people are a fan of certain things, this would probably be in their wheelhouse type of thing. That's what I do. That's it, what people should do. That's kind of how that's kind of how I look at it. Like, it, is this in your? That's why you know. Aside from Nightfall, I don't say a movie sucks because let's face it, it's just shit. Dude, that movie just didn't make sense on any fundamental level. But we have an entire podcast about that. If you're hearing this and you haven't heard that one, go go listen to that one because we shit on that movie for like an hour and a half and it's glorious. <laughs> I will never say I hate a movie. I hate Nightfall. I hate that movie. And... and um so with so like with this movie you got to take it in the context of what it is it's a, a movie from 8 to 11 year olds i wouldn't even say that like i would say like there's stuff to like about it as an adult like as long as you don't come at it with like the eyes of going 
this is going to be something very dramatic and like the action is going to be epic and amazing. If you go, this is just going to be a silly little movie, you're going to get some enjoyment out of it. Yeah, you got to look at what it is. Is it a it's a it's a family it's a family movie. Like you're supposed to watch this with your kids. That's, you know, like is it is it a complex story? No, it's not supposed to be. It's, is it's it just... is it slightly problematic that Leslie Nielsen is playing an Asian dude? Kinda. Colonel <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Chi. Yeah, his what? name's Colonel Chi. I'm like, I don't remember if they ever like reference it in the movie where he's not actually supposed to be Asian, but they, like they the just fact say- that it's a white dude with an Asian name is like kind of weird but like if you can look past that it's not terrible but also leslie nielsen was kind of underutilized for the type of comedy that he does yeah but that's beside the point because they um because they all they say about him is that he's a foreign mercenary or something along those lines they say foreign but technically pot Pakistan is its own country near in the South Pacific. So technically China would be foreign. Yeah. Like anywhere. uh, Yeah. yeah. So like, but his name is Colonel Chi. Yeah. And he's like a cyborg with really shitty robotics that malfunction all the time, which is hilarious from like a standpoint of like, this guy is supposed to be super intimidating, but when he's supposed to be the most intimidating, his his uh, cyborg components mess up and he end up getting hurt. Like that is so silly that it works. <laughs> yes, I actually I thought that stuff would like when I say it's stupid, it's stupid. It's stupid, but it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's meant to be like endearing and kind of dumb. Like, like the fact that we have a kid who has like powers as like this dude where he looks at a Game Gear and basically it allows him to see the future. And then he realizes that he doesn't need the Game Gear to do it. He can just do it all the time. Like, this isn't high art. It's not like Lord of the Rings. It's not <laughs> all of this stuff. It's just a silly little movie. And like seeing Ernie Reyes Jr. realize that he's a warrior king and then he can pick up all these weapons and kick everybody's ass is just great. <laughs> like if you can shut your brain off for an hour and a half, you're going to have fun with this movie. And the movie doesn't really even drag. Like it's not it's not like it's slow and boring. It's no, it's, it's pacing is actually pretty good because it's like oh it's hey pretty good. slow down. Yeah, it it like introduces you to the characters first, then the weird stuff that's going on, then it gets you to where the action is, and then the action happens, and then it's done. It, like it's it's a flow. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not like it's movie. It's not like it's taking an hour to set up its runtime. Within thirty to forty minutes, like half by half by the halfway point, they're already in Pakistan, like rescuing people, trying to do their thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a quick paced movie. There's no slowdown. I mean, you know, it's like they set up the characters as this like 
They're kind of, they're goofy. They, they don't take anything seriously. Um, if anything, they're just 90s kid stereotypes and that's not Ernie Ray's or the kids faults. That's, that's just yeah. and I mean, that. And I mean, that's one of those things where it's like, these kids don't take anything seriously. And then they get into a position where they have to take stuff seriously. And then they have to step up to the plate and get it done. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, and then they but, do. And then by the end of it, there's still the guys that are kind of like light and breezy and uh, don't seem like they care about stuff, but they do really care about it. And that that's conveyed in the end of the movie. I think that's awesome. I keep saying I think that's awesome. And that's because I like this movie. I actually do like this movie. Like I, I this movie is not something I t- I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. Should this movie be thrown out the airlock? No. It's is it corny? Is it cheesy? Is it schlocky? Is it hokey? Yes. But when they made this movie, they were looking for low budget family movie to turn a quick profit. Sorry that it didn't do well at the box office, but you know, I think it accomplished what it set out to do. I like I said, I think the worst part of this movie is Rob Schneider, and I think he should have just been toned down a bit. Yeah. Can can I do a thought experiment real quick? Could you imagine a world in which surf ninjas did good and then it turned into like a three ninjas style franchise and we had a whole trilogy of these movies and we have basically the tone loke cinematic universe? <laughs> uh, awesome. Cause, 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 oh, would he still be in Ace Ventura? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he would have been because that movie. <laughs> that, 1994, yeah, yeah, he could have still been in uh, Ace Ventura. So, yeah, like, I like Tone Loke. Like, the dude was a former crypt. Stop being a crypt. And then, like, he's kind Did of you just call him a crypt? There's no tea in a crypt, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dog were crypts representing the blue in Los Angeles. Like, he was in the gang, he was a crypt. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. And then he started doing st- he his first films were in 1990 and he's been doing stuff up until what? Uh yeah. He he's been doing stuff in 2021. Like the latest yeah. stuff that he did was 2021. But I didn't write it down. Yeah, he's got like he's um he's in an episode of the Proud Family, Louder and Prouder. And before that, he was doing some stuff. And um, he, he, the last thing he was in was like 2014. But I mean, still, his first acting credit was um, we're not going to count the music video. It was 1990. Baby's Kids. He was in Fern Gully. Yeah. The Return of uh, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Uh, we'll count that. We'll, we'll say that because that's the first movie. That comes up when I look them up. The Adventures yeah. of Fairlane, 1990, with Andrew Dice Clay. I mean, he was in some big stuff. Fern Gully was big. Baby's Kids was big. Poetic Justice was big. Dude, he was in one of my favorite all-time animated movies, Titan A.E. That movie's awesome. <laughs> he was in Titan A.E. He was in, um, let's see, the movie Heat? Yeah. Like, he did some like cheese movies, but he was in like some big movies too. Like, um, 
I'm just yeah, he was um tech and Titan A. I actually Titan A gets doesn't get the love it deserves. I actually really like that movie. Yeah, I saw me that. too. That's something we should do on the show at some point. Yeah. That's up. Put it on the list. <laughs> on the list. Not but, that there's uh, a list, but if there is one, put it on there. Oh, there is. There's one on the Google Drive that I that I when I think of stuff to add, I add to the Word document. But um so here's the thing, like about this movie. I think it set the goals that it's set to do. Um I think I think like my favorite part of this movie is probably I think the I don't know if this is my favorite part, but when I say that, this is the first thing that pops in my head is ba 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 rum ba ba ba. That's at the very beginning of the movie. I know, I love it. You're like, it's so dumb that it's great because it just shows the slacker vibes of Ernie Reyes Jr.'s character. It's just like he he didn't do the assignment, so he just made shit up. Like, brother, like some people think Spain is over here. <laughs> like, I don't hate this movie. I think it's if you have kids, I think it's something you should definitely show them. Like, buy it on DVD. I think I don't think it's available on Blu-ray, um, but buy it. Like, I think it should be on Blu-ray. There should be like, I mean, there's worse movies that people have put on Blu-ray. Oh, that- dude, yeah. <laughs> Like, why can't this get a Blu-ray? We're Shout Factory. Give this a Blu-ray release. Yes. Shout Factory. Listen to these guys with a podcast with eight viewers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they great Shadow Legends. <laughs> oh, and don't forget to secure your internet with NordVPN. ExpressVPN. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. (laughs) (laughs) Thus ruining any future sponsorships from those three companies. But I use Bitdefender. So Bitdefender, call me. I'm easy when it comes to sponsorships. Um, I won't even, you won't even have to let me supersize the meal. Just let me get a, let me get a fry, baby. Um. I like this movie. Uh, I know we don't go into like really critical analysis of these films, but I think it's just um, fun to talk about stupid parts of the movie, talk about the trivia. I mean, I want to do more in depth stuff. And as we grow the podcast, you know, it'll change. So I think, again, I think this is a movie that kids, I think you should show this to your kid. Like I don't have kids. Nine. Like if you wanted to show this to your daughter, that would be, you know, I don't know if you did or not. I haven't yet, but it's not something that's not on the radar. Because, I mean, it's silly. And, like, it's not crazy. So, it's just, like, a little bit of fun. Lighthearted silliness. And, like, if you think about it, like, there's a lot of people that, like, air quotes die in the movie but it's not like super violent like surprisingly like it's not like commando where it's like a bunch of people are dying and they're like you'd like see explosions and dudes flying everywhere and all that kind of stuff it's just like oh things happened and they're doing stuff and that thing and then uh when (laughs) colonel cheese like 
uh, his uh, cyborg components like mess up and he like gets all didn't he get like shocked in a fountain or something like that? Yeah. They knocked him into like a fountain or like a thing of water yeah. at the end. Because his yeah. like Jeep or whatever that he's in the back of like hits the side of the fountain and he flies over the top and lands in the fountain. I can't like it's one of those things where it's just like so silly and weird that half the time I don't know if I just made it up or if it's actually in the movie. <laughs> He gets knocked into it it by Ernie Reyes because he like pokes him and he falls in. Yeah, that's right. He falls off something at the beginning, gets stepped on by an elephant, and that's why he has he's a cyborg. Yes. And uh because yeah, you see his like helmet get crushed and stuff. Like it's it's weird. Like you don't really have to put too much thought into it. It it's it's meant to be silly. Like Dude, part of me even wants to see like what the original script was that would have been Surf Ninjas, the complete and total no comedy action movie. <laughs> I kind of want to know what that would be too. I, to me, I wonder if it'd be something along the lines of like I'm only using this as just for the tone of the movie, not necessarily like, but something like the quest. Oh, the that's the Van Damme movie, right? Uh, I think Van Damme and Roger Moore. Yes. And yeah, dude. I haven't, my... seen, I haven't even thought about that movie in a long time. And, dude, and this is Van Damme what... made a lot of. I feel like that's cinematography would be. Yeah, I'm not gonna say like he made a lot of great movies, but he made a lot of movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some of them were great, some not so much. But uh, yeah, he put himself out there. I will yeah. say that Surf Ninjas is more enjoyable than Street Fighter. Oh, hundred percent! Like Street <laughs> Fighter is enjoyable in the laugh at how bad it is variety. This is laugh at how silly and weird it is. Like yeah, from the beginning the- to the end, it's just odd but in like a really enjoyable way because it's like you got two brothers who are like doing brotherly stuff but it's amped up because they're like a king and a prince of some island somewhere and then this dude shows up and he's like hey I need you to come with me and takes them to the island and is like you need to do some stuff and then they realize they have powers and junk it's crazy on paper but it works because it's like they're playing into how campy and goofy it is like if they played it a hundred percent serious with that silly premise it would just fall flat but because they're like steering into the fact that it's goofy as shit it works (laughs) i think this movie does i think it works too um and i think it works because it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like I said, if they would just like tone down the, if they would just tone down the Rob Schneiderness of it, (laughs) tone down Rob Schneider, Rob Schneider, then I think would have been a lot better of a movie. In my humble opinion. Yeah. 
I'm not going to say you're wrong because, I mean, that's subjective. It, it's like he didn't annoy me enough to be like, that guy needs to not be in the movie, but he did get. After a while, the jokes kind of fell flat. Like, yeah, there's the rule of three. And it's like, you know, first time is funny. Second time, it's a little funnier. Third time is really funny. But after that, the joke falls flat. And there's jokes in this movie that Rob Schneider did like 85 times. And it's like, come on, man. Like, really? You could have yeah, stopped. It was kind of when they, they got to the whole knife thing. I'm like, oh, just shut up with the knife. Just yeah. shut up with the knife. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not, you know, and I know he did some work on the script, you know, but like, but no i don't think this needs to be out the airlock i think this is something that you should show your kids um and i think that's pretty much it normally we'd have more opinions because there's usually at least one more person with us but he was having some technical difficulties but um so steven i prepared to just add bacon that's probably going to stump me because i'm <laughs> oh yeah because you can't play off of anybody else all right uh well you know we hear it out the airlock think that any movie can be made better if you just add bacon but last time we decided we would change it up a little bit and just add meatloaf and for those of you who tuned in then you might have been a little bit stumped by the synopsis that I gave you. So just to let you know, the answer to that one was Tenacious D and the Pick of Mr. Destiny, which was, of course, a combination of the movie Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny and the Jim Belushi movie Mr. Destiny. And uh, yeah, so I've got another one for you this time. Uh, And here we go. Jake Woodhouse and his wife are a young and happy couple. Uh, During mounting pressure to have a child, they move into an apartment just outside Chicago. As Jake's wife begins to have dark dreams and bizarre accidents start happening to their neighbors, she learns that she's pregnant. Over the course of her pregnancy, her dreams continue and she begins to lose trust in Jake. Is something sinister going on? Or is she slowly losing her mind? You'll have to watch the movie to find out. Uh, what do you think? She's having a pain at black? What? Uh... uh I feel like it's a combination of Stir of Echoes and she's having a baby. Nope, it's not two Kevin Bacon movies. It's one Kevin Bacon movie and another one not starring Kevin Bacon. Okay. But you are on the right track. She's having Rosemary's baby. Yes, that's the first one you guys actually gotten. <laughs> you thought I was gonna stump you on that, and it turns out 
You nailed it, dude. I thought you. I thought. I thought you would, because usually I'm like, I get like half of it, and then I'm like, I can't think of the other one. Kind of like with uh, the meatloaf one. Yeah. Was, Tenacious D, but I'm like, I didn't realize meatloaf was in the was in the other movie. Yeah. Well, meatloaf plays Jack Black's dad in Tenacious D in the Pig of Destiny. <laughs> I know that, so that's why I was like, uh. <laughs> So I was like, but all right, she's having Rosemary's baby. Yes. All right, that's one for you and zero <laughs> for the other <laughs> in our podcast. Uh, uh, that was that's, pretty good, man. You nailed it. Nice. That's a little special. <laughs> um, so, uh, that's never happened before, so I don't know where to go on from there. But um, check out our Twitter, out, out. Out the airlock. It's not out the airlock. It's out airlock. I think it's because I couldn't do out the airlock because someone took it and they don't tweet on it anymore. It's like <laughs> uh, I actually just signed us up for. Um, can you still hear me? Yeah, I just signed us up for Hive, which is like a new social media thing that some people are jumping on because. And I don't believe in getting political on the t- podcast but some people are unhappy with elon musk's control of twitter your opinion is your own however i thought okay if this one's going to grow in popularity maybe it may be a good way to get our podcast out so uh, we should be out there a lot there as well if it lets me log in i was trying to take a look at it but we're, we're just we joined hive so we're going to post on there when we launch this when this po- podcast goes live and we're going i need to start a facebook group i just wanted to try to build the audience a little bit more if that makes sense and that's what we're going to do this year i'm really going to just focus on trying to make this podcast a success now am i thinking hundreds and thousands of listeners you know sponsorships no but i do want to kind of get it to grow a little bit and see where you know because i do love talking about cheesy movies with steven and justin and when brandy joins us so i do i do love doing that and so that's why i kind of want to grow this one and see where we can take it yeah so next time we're gonna do dr mordred and the master of the unknown starring everyone's favorite character actor jeffrey combs because let's face it he's awesome let's put it in front he was Wei Yoon in Deep Space Nine. He was in Robot Jocks, so he was on our first podcast. He played one of the guys in at the beginning of the movie. He's he was a Ferengi on Enterprise. He was Shran. No, maybe not a Ferengi on Enterprise. He was Shran on Enterprise. He was um, from the Reanimators one and two, and a bunch. He was also the villain in the Frighteners. Yeah, one- which he was fantastic in that oh, he was amazing in that so we're gonna do dr mordred i watched a video on it so this is kind of where i get my inspirations i watch a lot of youtube and so I, I i get my inspiration from there and when i can't think of anything so we're gonna do that one next and we're gonna plan on doing it hopefully within a few weeks because we're gonna try to get on a better schedule and work on promoting the podcast so uh for me, the host, I want to wish y'all a good night. I hope y'all have a safe new year. And Steve, anything you'd like to add? Uh, yeah, if you're listening to this and you like it, wherever you're listening to it, rate it and share it with people that you think would like it because we are trying to get this to as many people as possible in 2023. That's it.
that's it. All right. From out there, airlock, I just want to wish you all a great night and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.